Well, good morning. Uh, as Tom said, we're here to celebrate, and uh, we're celebrating. We're in the middle of this Grace Beyond project, which is this building project we feel that the Lord has led us to. And uh, as you know, we have been uh, asking you to pray and uh, listen to the Lord as to how you should give uh, and do whatever he tells you to do. We asked you to fill out pledge cards uh, indicating how much that God had laid on your heart to give. We collected those pledge cards on Palm Sunday. We asked that they come in by Palm Sunday. And then we set them aside for a week because we didn't want anything to detract from the focus on Jesus. And so during Holy Week, uh, nobody looked at those. Nobody mentioned them or talked about them. We only focused on Jesus. Well, this past Monday, uh, those pledges were counted. And a couple weeks ago, uh, two or three weeks ago, we had just sort of a regular service planned for this morning. And uh, God really laid on our hearts, we needed to plan a celebration service. And so we planned a celebration service. And God said, look, I want you to celebrate regardless of whatever that number is. And so we planned the service and we asked some people if they would share testimonies about how God's been at work in their life with regard to uh, Grace Beyond. We planned some music, uh, all of which is what we are participating in today. But I need to let you know that uh, maybe a couple of months ago, you know, this money piece, uh, it looms large for me. Uh, And it looms large for me in the sense that uh, this is the kind of project that if you asked me my top five greatest fears uh, as a pastor, this is one of them. And that's because I don't want anything to do with the building project because this exposes uh, my weaknesses. Uh, And one of those is leadership, the idea of sort of leading a group of people uh, to go take a mountain. And there are certain people who have been gifted to do that, and I think that's fantastic, and I love that. I look at myself and say I have a different set of gifts. And so that idea of telling everybody, here's where we're going, the great fear is uh, you don't get there. And so about two, three months ago, Um, I've been studying through the book of Joshua and praying through the book of Joshua. And in Joshua, the nation of Israel is going into the land that God has promised to them. And this has been an important story for me because I feel like we too are on a journey. We're on a journey of faith and God's asked us to go somewhere uh, that we've never been before. And the cool thing about Joshua is is that the Ark of the Covenant goes in front of them. And God says, I'm going to lead you because you've never been this way before. And I think, well, thank you, Lord, because I've never been through anything like this. I've never done a building project. Our elders have never really done anything like this. Now, I have said to God at some point, couldn't you give us a smaller one to start with? Like, this feels like it's a big thing. And it really exposes my sort of weaknesses. But Joshua's meant a lot to me because I feel like God has said, look, I'm going to go ahead of you because you have never been this way before. And so maybe a couple of months ago, I started praying and asking the Lord. As I'm reading Joshua, I'm like, Lord, would you give us a Jordan River crossing? Okay, now if you don't know the story, when Israel's first going into the land, God has taken their ancestors through the wilderness because after the Red Sea, they didn't trust him enough to walk by faith into the promised land. And so God says, look, if you're not going to trust me, I want nothing to do with you. And so he leaves them in the wilderness. And in the wilderness, the wilderness generation dies and God raises up a new generation. But they need some sort of miraculous thing to get them into the land. They need something that will encourage them. And so God kind of redoes the Red Sea. He parts the Jordan River, and they're allowed to walk through. And so I'm reading this, and I'm like, Lord, that's what we need. 
we need a Jordan River crossing. And so I started asking God, and again, I was very pious about it. I said, God, if you want to do it some other way, that's fine. But wouldn't, it be, wouldn't this be our Jordan River crossing if all of the money that we were asking for came in? Because in that story, the people who are going into the river, the first people in actually get their feet wet. It's a little different than the Red Sea. The Red Sea parts and then they walk in. In the Jordan River, people actually get wet before the river parts. And I think, Lord, we've made all these plans about how we're going to go forward. We've kind of already gotten our feet wet. What a great thing to be able to celebrate with the congregation that God had provided all of the money and we'd be able to walk across this Jordan River. And I knew, I know that more troubles are coming. You can't do a construction project without some level of difficulties in in scheduling or in cost or in inconvenience. And I'm like, Lord, I'm ready to handle those, but I need a Jordan River crossing, please. And my assumption was that the money would be our Jordan River crossing. I want to report to you that it is and it isn't. I'm going to tell you how it is in just a second. I'm going to tell you how it isn't right now. In the sense that uh, we asked the Lord uh, for $25 million and we received pledges for $13 million. Now, when I heard that news on Monday, which I didn't count the pledges, uh, I simply waited with everybody else and the elders got together. We had two people that counted all the pledges and then reported the number. When I heard that news, I was pretty disappointed. I was pretty discouraged, and I said, Lord, I didn't want to do this in the first place. Like, this is exactly what I didn't want to have happen. Like, this is it. Like, if I had to spell out the fear in words, it would be this exact thing, to tell the people we're going on this trip, and then to not make it. And I'm like, Lord, we haven't even gotten into the land yet. And I kept praying what Moses prayed, Lord, please do not let me face my own ruin. Like, there's no way you can do this. And so on Monday, it was very disheartening. Uh, It was very discouraging. But you know what the problem with being a preacher is? Is that you remember the text that you preached probably more than most people do. And so what keeps echoing through my mind is Easter Sunday. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. And I was like, Lord, that's good for them, but I need something else. I need that number to be what I need that number to be. And I know many of you, perhaps even this week, you were asking the Lord for something miraculous. You were asking for the waters to roll back and you were asking for God to make it so abundantly clear and you didn't get it either. And so I started out this week thinking, Lord, what did you do to us? Lord, you led us into a dead end. 13 million, that's not really enough to go forward. It's not really enough to go back. We're in no man's land here, Lord. And I remember God sort of saying, hey, look, remember, you're in the book of Hebrews. You've been telling people all year long, look at things with the eyes of faith. And I was like, well, that's for them to do, Lord. I need to be able to see it. And so I felt encouragement from God, go back and look at this with the eyes of faith. And so all week, and God was really great. He had already cleared my schedule. I was supposed to be gone on study break. And God had said, no, I want you to be here for this week. So I changed my plans to be here for this week. I had nothing to do except pray. And so all week long, all day long, every day, all I did was pray. And the great thing was, is that when you're praying that much, you got lots of time. You're like, okay, how do I fill all this time? Uh, And so I started in the book of Hebrews. And I went through and I prayed all about all around different scriptures and all the, and there were three things that God told me this week 
that I'd like to share with you. And there are three ways in which I would like to help you try to see this $13 million that was pledged with the eyes of faith. Now, I want to do this not because I want to tell you, how this is exactly what I was hoping for. It's not. This isn't what I wanted to stand up here and tell you this morning. But I want to do this because I want to publicly do what I've been asking you to do, which is when you get bad news, don't assume God has abandoned you. Simply go back and ask, okay, Lord, help me to view this with the eyes of faith. So there were three things he told me that I want to share with you. So the first was is that I had a chance to go back and pray through every verse in Hebrews. I just simply walked through entire passages, remembering sermons and things that God had said, sermons that I thought were really for you at the time, but were things like it's going to end well and have faith and walk in faith. And I'm thinking, man, I was preaching stuff I needed this whole time. Well, that was all really great. and It was really encouraging until I got to Hebrews 13. Now, Hebrews 13 is where we are as a congregation. And so I read forward a few verses uh, from where we were last week, which is verses 4 to 6. And I read forward into verses, I think it's 15 through 17. And those jumped off the page in a way that nothing else in Hebrews necessarily had. And the verse in Hebrews that I'm talking about says, Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they must give an account. Do this so their work will be a joy and not a burden because that would be of no benefit to you. And the thing that jumped off the page to me is partly when I hear the number 13 million, my initial response is, God, why didn't you convince them like you convinced me that this project is what we're supposed to do? If you would have told them the way you told me, well, they would have given. We gave sacrificially because God was so clear that this is what we were supposed to be doing. The leadership gave sacrificially because God had been so clear. God, if you would have just told them the way you told me, there's no way we wouldn't have made it. And God reminded me, this is a journey of faith. The faith for me has been, I'm going to ask you to do something that's one of your deepest fears. And I've been willing. I've been, I'm trying to obey. It's hard. This is hard. This is not like, well, this is not what I like to do. I like to stand up, open God's word, and, and explain it. Leading projects like this, this is not my thing. But part of your act of faith, as Hebrews 13 says, you have to trust your leaders and submit to their authority. And part of the act of faith is God reminded me not everybody in the congregation is going to be allowed to see this as clearly as you do because I'm asking them to trust you, meaning the elders. I'm asking them to have confidence and to submit to how you guys have said to do this, which is what we feel like we've got from the Lord, which was this pledging process, which is what we've gone through. Because I'm telling you, when I heard that number, my very first thought was, Okay, Lord, what did we, did we hear you wrong? Have we just been leading everybody astray? Do we not have any idea what we've been talking about? I've told them, Lord, that you wanted us to do this. If you didn't, why did you let me get up there and tell them that? You know I didn't want to do that. And God reminded me in Hebrews 13, the faith for many of you in the congregation is that you're not going to see this project as clearly as God has told us. You're going to be asked to trust us. Now, I wouldn't do it that way. I want God to tell you, and then I don't have to be in the mix. But God said, no, 
What I want to do is I want to build the faith of the congregation. And so one of the things with the eyes of faith was both encouraging and discouraging, but encouraging in the fact that, look, I didn't count any of the pledges. I never saw the pledges. I never will see the pledges. I don't know how much anybody gave except for Lisa and our family. That's all I know. But a number of you wrote stories on your pledge cards or told stories, and some of those stories were passed on to me. And as I listened to those stories, more of them this week, than before, I realized that a number of you have done exactly what Hebrews said. You stepped out on faith and trusted by submitting to the process. And the process was not, we never asked you, give. You were never asked to do that. What you were asked to submit to was pray and ask the Lord what he wants you to give and then give it out of gratitude. That was it. And I got story after story of people For example, we had a number of children who prayed themselves and God told them to pledge separately from their families. And they wrote their own pledge cards. We had a number of people who said, husband and wife, we went away and did what you asked and amazingly God told both of us the exact same number independently. And when we came together and shared the number thinking the other person wasn't going to like it, that it was exactly what God had said. Heard stories of somebody who, when they prayed about it, God said, I want you to put off buying, it was a young couple, I want you to put off buying your first house and I want you to give to Grace Beyond first. Heard stories about people who wrote on their pledge card on Palm Sunday, could you please add this to my previous pledge? Because I previously pledged simply with the number that came to mind and I didn't actually pray about it. And when I went back and prayed about it, God gave me a different number. Even somebody who said, you know what, I wasn't going to pledge because there was a particular thing about the plans that he didn't like and thought, I'm not not participating unless we get that thing. And as he prayed about it, uh, he said, on the last week, God said, that's not the right attitude. You're going to have to trust me with this. You're going to have to trust me that the plans are going to turn out the way. And so he pledged. I see all of that and say that's incredibly encouraging because people did what God asked to do, which is submit and just pray. And whatever number he tells you, give that or pledge that. It's also slightly discouraging in the fact that we have at Calvary Church, to kind of the best of our count, what we would say 2,800, a little bit more than that, giving units. What we mean is families or couples or individuals who in the past year have made some sort of monetary contribution to Calvary Church. So obviously that represents more like four or 5,000 people, but 2,800 giving units. Of those 2,800 giving units, only 1,050 filled out pledges. This was the discouraging part to me, in part because now in hindsight I think, okay, Lord, if I had been better at this, what I would have told you, if you pray and God tells you to give nothing, please still fill out a pledge card that says God told me to to give nothing because I honestly believe that. I honestly believe there are some people for whom they genuinely prayed and asked God and God said, no, this isn't for you. I've got something else I want you to do. In hindsight, it would have been nice to know that. But I have a sense as I prayed through it from the Lord that perhaps some people didn't give for some other reasons, meaning they didn't actually go away and ask God. Perhaps they didn't turn in their pledge card yet. Again, I completely understand that. I'm a procrastinator. I get it. But the problem is the submissions that we needed those or we wanted those by Palm Sunday because this is the process God gave us for trying to figure out how to go forward with this. 
Other people may have said, I don't believe in this project. I'm not going to give. Problem is, we didn't ask you to give. We asked you to go away and pray. And if you didn't believe in the project, but you didn't go away and pray, then you didn't submit to what it was the leadership asked you to do. If for some people they said, you know what, I decided to just wait and see how much money came in because I don't want to give sacrificially if they are going to have enough money or I don't want to give or pledge to give if I don't know that this project is going forward. And again, I understand it. Pledging is not how I would have chosen to do this. But it's the way we felt like God gave us to do this project. The problem is is if we didn't do that, if we're sitting back waiting, that's also not submitting. The submission was pray, ask the Lord what he wants you to give, and then give in gratitude whatever he tells you. Now, I have no idea what to do with all of that except to say submission is an act of faith. And God has asked us to do it this way. When we submit and obey, God blesses that. So the first thing I want to say is is that there are many of us here who did exactly what God asked us to do, which was to submit, to pray, and to give in response to what, and I'm so encouraged by that. I'm so encouraged because I think to myself, if we weren't supposed to be doing this, why would God be telling people what to give? Why would God be laying specific numbers on people's hearts telling them to give? Why would God be telling people, hey, look, this is what I have for you? And so I am encouraged by that. The second piece that I think is encouraging is that this week, again, the first question is, Lord, what in the world do we do? We're in no man's land. Do we go forward? Can't really go forward. Do we go backwards? Can't really go backwards. This is the plan you've asked us to do. The second piece of encouraging news is God was very, very clear this week. We're supposed to keep going. How? I don't have any idea. But the worst thing is when you get bad news or discouraging news and you think God doesn't talk during that season. I will tell you this. God was very, very clear all week long. He spoke very clearly, not just to me, but also to all of the elders. And they all, we all got together and said, we, God's telling us we're just going to have to trust him on this. Now, we're scrambling because there wasn't a backup plan. I told you that. There's not a backup plan. We didn't have another set of drawings that, okay, if we don't raise enough money, we'll just do this. We didn't have a way to do it in phases. We hadn't planned to do that. There wasn't a way to say, okay, well, if we don't get enough money, we've got some donors lined up on the side who've agreed to make up the difference. We didn't have any of those conversations with people. We didn't sit down with anybody and say, hey, look, if we don't make it, could you kick in a little bit of extra? We did it the way we felt like God was asking us to do it. Again, please don't hear me say we did everything perfectly, but we did it in faith. And what God has said is, is look, I'm not letting you off the hook on this. We're going forward in this. So currently, I don't know what that's going to look like. Maybe we're supposed to do the project in phases. We're trying to look at doing that. Maybe it's supposed to be delayed. Maybe God has already provided all that we need and just simply wants us to trust him in that. Maybe he's going to bring in the money some other way. I don't know. I honestly don't know. But I want to encourage you with the fact that all of us ask God, do you want to let us out of this? And he's very clearly said, I'm going to take you through this. Trust me. Walk by faith. That's encouraging. The third really, really encouraging piece was that God said, again, eyes, human eyes, I look at $13 million and go, Lord, we barely got over half. When you look with the eyes of faith, I felt like what God said, I got more than enough money to do what I want to do. Meaning this, that $13 million, 
a lot of that was pledged in faith. We have stories of people who God told them uh, to sell property and give it because he wanted it to go to Grace Beyond. We have people who have a story of a, of a, of a young boy who God told to pledge separately from his parents. He didn't know how much to pledge, and so he asked God on a specific day, whatever monetary number you tell me on this day will be the number that I give. And so he asked for his parents to tell him whatever numbers came to mind, whatever number they interact with. On that day, he got one number from God. It's a stretch. He didn't have that much money, but he took that from God as that's what I'm supposed to give. That's a pledge given in faith. We had a number of people who wrote on their pledge card, I'm currently unemployed, but when I prayed and asked God, he told me that I was still supposed to give, and so I'm giving in faith, not sure how I'm going to be able to fulfill this. Julie Link, who uh, is a wonderful woman from our congregation, Lisa and I went to see her uh, maybe a week and a half ago. Uh, she, they had just called hospice. She only had a month to three months to live is what they told her. She had cancer. Uh, when we went to see Julie, uh, she said, I've been praying about Grace Beyond. And God gave me this idea of this project that I could do that would help earn money for Grace Beyond knowing full well she was never going to see either, even the start of the project, let alone the finish. This past weekend, uh, Julie passed away, and I get to do her funeral on Tuesday. But I think to myself, that's, an, that's a gift given in faith. Not because of what she's going to get out of it, but because she recognizes this is what God is calling us to do. And I was reminded this week, God says, look, I only need five loaves and two fish. I just need them given in faith. I only need a little bit of oil. I can make that last. All I need is that given in faith. And you know the great thing is, is in that $13 million that have been pledged, I think there's enough faith for God to do what he wants to do. I think there's enough faith for him to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. I don't know how that's going to work. Back to the Jordan River analogy, I don't know if it means that the first people who walked into the river are going to have enough faith to help the waters roll back so that people who are coming behind can look and say, now wait a second. I didn't pray like I should have. I didn't ask like I should have. Look at the way they're trusting God. I want to do that too. Because the point is, I've made this very clear to lots of people from the beginning. We would not accept a $25 million check to do this project. We wouldn't do it. And here's the reason. This project has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with buildings. It has to do with obedience. And it has to do with God wanting to grow all, all of our faith. I mean, God created the whole world out of nothing. He can speak a building into existence with a word. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. And what God reminded me is there's enough faith in that $13 million. I don't know. Maybe he'll just stretch the money and we'll get it all done for $13 million. Maybe he'll use that $13 million to inspire us, uh, the rest of us who perhaps maybe we didn't give in faith. Maybe we didn't submit to say, you know what, I should have. I don't know, but I feel encouraged that God says, look, there's enough faith here. There's enough faith here for me to be able to do something. And so, again, we met this week. I don't know. I don't have plans to give you. We will have something to tell you as soon as God gives uh, to us. But he has been very clear. We've already begun to make plans about, okay, how do we get started on this prayer garden? What's that going to look like? Are we supposed to delay this? Can we do pieces of it now and have uh, God do the rest of it? I don't know. But I am encouraged by this. When there's faith, God does amazing things. And that we're on a journey of faith together. 
And if your faith encourages my faith or my faith encourages your faith, together we're going to, and so I'm going to tell you this, we're going to make it. I don't know what it's going to look like. I wanted to stand up here and tell you the river's parted. We got $40 million. We don't know what to do with it all. That's actually the number that I had in mind. But I am up here to tell you and say the rivers have parted. And we're walking through by faith. Now, a number of us had to get our feet wet. But I'm telling you, God has asked us to follow him. We are obeying. And whatever's going to happen, it's going to be far better. It'll be more difficult, much more difficult. But it will be far better. And we're going to say, Lord, we do recognize your Bennett work. Forgive us for not immediately seeing that. And if you feel discouraged by that $13 million number, that's okay. I felt really discouraged, really low. But I'm here to tell you that if you let God process you through that, you're going to see, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. We can say with confidence, the Lord is our helper. We will not be afraid. Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded, but you must persevere so that after you have done the will of God, you can receive what he has promised. Let's pray together. Lord, here is our offering of faith. You said in Psalm 40 and in Hebrews 10, with sacrifices and burnt offerings, you were not pleased because they didn't come in faith. But you said, here is the body that you have prepared for us. We have come to do your will. Lord, this body, the body of Jesus, right here gathered in this place, this body is offering to you not sacrifices that cost us nothing. Lord, we're choosing to worship you as good in the midst of this by faith. And I know that you will be far more pleased with these testimonies and far more pleased with this singing because it's offered in faith without knowing how it's all going to work out. And so, God, I simply affirm uh, publicly, you are a good God. You work in mysterious ways. Your ways are not our ways. Your ways are higher than our ways. And so, God, help us as we journey by faith to be obedient. Help us, Lord, for those who haven't been obedient. Lord, I pray, thank you for this second chance. Thank you, Lord, that you've not canceled this whole thing, that we still have the chance to go forward. Lord, I thank you that through the eyes of faith we can see that this gift of 13 million, this is an amazing amount of money that you have entrusted to us, Lord God. Not because, Lord, we know 13 million given in faith is far better than 100 million given out of surplus. And so, Lord, we're trusting you. God, lead us through this. Lord, we're in a spot... I don't know how to get us out of this. I don't know what to do. We can't go back. We can't go forward. I don't know, Lord. But we're in the perfect spot for you to show up. And so, God, we simply give this to you. Accept our praise because you are a good God. And we believe that with all our hearts. Amen.